The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. Today is episode 146. At the end of the episode, we will go over the death scene for all you people that picked wrong in Grandma's House, chapter one. And we will go over chapter two, give you some more decisions to make. I wasn't sure whether or not I was going to stick with it, but uh, it will be helpful for me. So that's why I'm doing it. And because I think you might enjoy it. So uh, it'll be cool for me to kind of reconnect with these characters. Uh, I'm doing, trying to die, writing, trying to dive back at Grandma's house right now, which is a novella. Uh, it's pretty odd. Well, I'm enjoying it. I just had a major breakthrough. Uh, I was having a really hard time trying to write, trying to get all my, just trying to create a short story or novella, uh, essentially. And that was so difficult because I've written, I've had over 100 published, uh, written more than that. And so for me not to be able to just access that part of my brain and to write a short story was driving me nuts. Uh, and I know a lot of it had to do with being overwhelmed and everything, just my mind too many places. But finally had a breakthrough this week. Felt awesome. I'm excited about it. I want to bring uh, readers in into a really cool contest. I'm trying to figure out what the best prize will be. Um, I think there's going to be 12 different decision points in this short story. Uh, I will not be publishing death scenes. This is also the basis for the Transstein board game uh, back at Grandma's house. Um, so I won't be publishing those death scenes but I still will know the correct answer. So I'll put readers through it or listeners through it. Uh, all these choices, whoever wins uh, gets all, not all of them correct. No one's going to get them all correct, but whoever has the highest score, I want to give away a really cool prize. And that's probably going to be something like, um, I don't know, maybe getting murdered in the book, being able to name a character, town, who knows, whatever. We have to figure out what it's going to be. I'll probably give a list of different ideas, suggestions that people have given me already. And then I will be open to considerable requests. Um, one person, Sherry, said she wanted her and her dog to be in it. I was like, well, now you're getting greedy, Sherry. And now this dog might turn on you and tear you to bits. So be careful what you wish for. But not sure when that is starting. Uh, probably the earliest would be a week from now. So... Uh, and I will write about that in the newsletter. I will keep you posted. Um, so it definitely won't happen before next week's podcast. I'll let you know that much. Um, what else? It's been an awesome week. I had a great week of doing yoga again as part of my workout. So used to be my friend George and I would lift weights four days a week. One day we would do yoga. We realized that wasn't exactly what we needed. We were doing that for quite a while. I think we've been doing that for like four months. Um, but the last two weeks we've been doing yoga first, like, so for the first 20 to 30 minutes, and then we will lift weights and we might cut the weightlifting a little bit short, but still overall, it's like an hour and 15, 20 minutes. Um, but it's, it's been really good. It's been helpful. Uh, today was our full yoga day and we were able, George was super excited because we both completed a full hour long class. It wasn't that difficult, not like it had been before. So we know that that helped us. Um, we both also did a great job with the seven day intestinal cleanse. Um, I had wanted to stop at four days. He wanted to go over the weekend. Uh, I cheated a little bit, but very little. And I felt awesome. Uh, one of the things, and I dropped a lot of weight. 
one of the things I realized is how much better I felt. Like my body just felt so much better. There was no, you know, didn't have any gas. Foods weren't affecting me negatively because as soon as I went back to it, I was like, okay, I was like, now I got gas from eating this or now I feel like shit because I ate that. It was like, do I want to do that to myself? Like, why would I want to do that? Um, but I know what will happen if I don't pay attention to it, then I will just, that'll be my normal. And just like, oh, that's just how it is. Like, I just always am gassy or I always feel like shit or whatever um, because I'm not changing my diet. So, but that was a good lesson for me to learn. Uh, just a great reminder. And that's one of the reasons why I was doing it because I wanted to be reminded of, man, this desire to go eat snacks or whatever else it is, um, how much of it is habitual, how much of it is unnecessary and just to be aware of it. Uh, get a better handle on it. So I think next month we'll do another cleanse. I think this one might, might be the liver. I said we should just do one a month that way because we were, we're we're advancing our we're getting stronger. We're getting more flexible. Flexible. You know we're doing our breathing every day with the yoga. Uh, feeling good. But I was like, okay, so that's cool. But then let's also add you know one week a month where we're doing a little bit more. You know tightening it up, getting a little bit healthier. And it's not really to get you know not trying to never die type thing. Um, but why not do it? It's, uh, it's good for me. It's, it's been good for him. So we will keep that shit up. Hopefully you can find something for yourself. Um, in addition to all that, one thing I've been doing for exercise is Ragnarok on uh, Oculus. That thing is quite a workout. Um, especially like I play in a, you know, almost like a fighting stance or a half squat for an extra little workout, but like 15 minutes on that, I'm starting to sweat. Uh, my watch is registering a workout. It's fun. So, in fact, this morning at 7.20, there's about 10 minutes before the kids have to go to school. And I decided just to throw it on. And But the drum setting was way too low. And I didn't want to take the time to fix it. So, I played in a squat position for like the first three minutes of the song before my legs were gone. Uh, but, yeah, I felt good taking the kids to school. It's fun. So, that's been the physical side and mental um work side a lot of copies of try not to die at grandma's house were picked up which is awesome um and even cooler uh tbi or cte and shot odor cte those are both still free until the 29th which is tomorrow unless you're listening to this tomorrow then it would be today so anyhow January 29th, it will no longer be free on Amazon. Uh, a lot of people are picking that up. That's awesome. TBI or uh, the SHT, what are CTE, was number five in all of Germany out of all their Kindle books, free, free Kindle books. So that was pretty cool. And boom, bright side. I'm sure you probably have already read it. If not, pick it up. It is free on Amazon. Um, this week, I had a lot of people write to me because in last week's newsletter podcast, I talked about all my free books, how many, like right now you can get three different free books. Uh, next week is going to be starting Wednesday is try not to die on bright side will be free. Um, it, this is the easiest and most convenient, this is the most convenient way for me to give away free books, um, and to the most, to the largest number of readers, uh, whether they're new readers or people that have read some of my stuff. I know certain people don't want to deal with Amazon because they're just so huge and they may not want to support them. Uh, but I think a lot of readers, especially ones that wrote to me, um, just said that they don't have a Kindle. So they thought they, they couldn't read Kindle copies. I said, no, you could do what I do. I just do the Kindle cloud reader. Uh, I have that on my PC and on my phone. So I could read Kindle books right there. 
Um, you do need an Amazon account, but that doesn't cost anything. So and I think most people have that. So if you want to check out Kindle copies, just read them on your computer, do that. And I'm sure there's also a Kindle app or something. So you don't need an actual Kindle device. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, oh, and other exciting news. Not really exciting, but I got banned from Facebook for a whole day for saying I wanted to murder someone as a character. They didn't care to look at that part. So they said I was inciting violence or some shit like that. And so I apologize, Facebook. I would like to come back. I did not mean to offend your bots. Um, I will no longer say I want to murder my uh, fans or friends. Enemies, though, fuck them. Um, no, I'm not going to say that either. Sorry, Facebook. I'm sure that's not approved either. It's Friday. I still got a bunch of stuff to do. Got to send out my newsletter. Say what's up to all you people in the written form. So let's get to trying to die at grandma's house. Last week, you were left with a decision. Your name is David. Your daughter's your sister, younger sister is Sam, Samantha. Uh, you're driving with your parents. Dad's driving. You guys crash on this bridge. Uh, you sink in. You're sinking. Uh, your dad's hurt. Uh, he's knocked out on the windshield. Windshield's cracked. Water's about to come in. Your mom's stuck. What do you do? Do you continue to try and free your mom or do you pull Sam behind the seats like your mom said? What do you do? What do you do? Well, let's see what happens when you try to save your mom. Turn to page 42 or wherever that is in the audiobook or Kindle version. All right. <clears throat> I'm not leaving mom. I can't. I don't care how much she yells. I just need to wake dad. He's still up on the dash. Tiny streams of water spray his body, his face washing the blood away for a second before it pours out again. He's not moving at all. I slap his arm. Dad, wake up, please. I need him to tell me what to do. He always knows exactly what to do. I just need him to hear me. In school, they said you're not supposed to move someone with an injured neck, and there's blood all over his collar, but the windshield is about to shatter. I try shaking him, pulling him. Mom screams, David, just let him go. Please, get behind the seat. I keep jostling his arm, his chest. I try not to focus on the cracking sound of the windshield. It's about to burst. Mom and Sam are screaming and trying to unlock Mom's seatbelt. Mom says, Sam, baby, please listen to me. You have to go behind the seat. No. I'm not moving, but neither will Dad. I slide my hands under his armpit to get a better grip, but it's awkward. I yank back with everything I've got, but I barely drag him an inch. If I can't get him off, he's going to crush all of us when the water rushes in. I'm pulling so hard, every fiber in my neck feels like it's about to snap in two. Mom's grasping for me, and at first I think she's trying to help me, but I realize she's just trying to get me to let go of him. David, stop this! I don't want to open my eyes. All I hear is the windshield cracking. The streams of water pummel my face. I'm grunting so hard, I finally drown out the screams and shattering glass. Dad's starting to move a little. I think I might be able to pull him off, but I feel something hitting me in the back. Let go of him, David! Sam shouts. She bangs her fist into my back. Now she's pulling my hair, which isn't all that long, but her fingers are tiny and tough. I wish mine were strong. Dad's sleeve slips through my palms. If I let go, I'm going to ram into Sam. She's practically hanging on me and screaming in my ear. But even through her wails, the cracking grows louder and louder until it fills the entire van. The spiderweb is more intricate than anything I've ever seen. It's sort of beautiful in the dark. Suddenly, everything gets quiet. I feel my heart beating against my ribs. Sam loosens her grip. 
I don't hear mom. I don't hear Sam. No one was even breathing. We're all just watching the glass, praying that it's somehow going to hold. My brother Tim once said, when you get to the point when prayer is the only thing you've got, it's already too late. The glass explodes. Water and tiny shards pulverize our faces. Dad's big body finally flies off the dash and drives into me, and I knock into Sam. We go tumbling into the back while Dad plows into Mom's outstretched arms. His foot bangs into her chest. Her mouth opens wide to gasp, but she's silenced by the river water flooding her throat. I flip and try to grab the seat, but the wave slams him into me. I'm trying to roll to the left, knowing if I don't stop this, I'm going to crush Sam. But my hands can't hold onto anything, and I feel her head against my back. It smacks into the back door, her nose crunching against my spine. The van is completely filled with water, and I pull myself off my sister. Her eyes are closed. Her skin seems so blue. I try lifting her up. Her body is limp. Blood pours out of her nose and clouds the water. I turn and see my mother's eyes. She's running out of air. My dad's body is still on her. He's unconscious and wedged in tight. All I want to say is, I'm sorry. Why didn't I listen? I could have saved Sam, pulled her behind the seats. I could have driven from the diner. We never would have been going that fast across the bridge. We'd all still be alive, but I screwed everything up. I'm crying so hard my mouth just opens. The water comes so fast I can't even cough, and everything gets darker. I try to keep my eyes open, try to force Sam towards the busted windshield, hoping she'll wake up and swim to safety. But her body just floats a little, then sinks. We're all dead. Good job. So, way to kill him. Turn back to page eight. All right, so the correct answer was two. Listen to your mother. Pull Sam behind the seats. Turn to page 89. Hope you learned a lesson. Although, I was never very good at listening to my mother. Um, all right, let's do it. Let's, wow, this is a long one. All right, bear with me. Mom screams, David, do it now. She's pushing me with her cold hands and the shattering glass looks like a huge cobweb of ice. I feel mom's freezing skin for the last time, then yank Sam back behind the seat just as the raging waters burst through the front of the minivan. It fills up so fast. Sam's hair swirls around her face. I didn't take a deep breath in time and I already feel lightheaded. Glass shards float around the van like flakes in a snow globe. I reach through and take Sam's hand, pulling her towards me, then up to the front, where Dad's unconscious body is blocking the way. I have to force him through where the windshield used to be. Sam gasps and water floods her mouth. She looks at Mom, who helps me shove Sam out. It's dark, and I can't tell which way is up, but I see the air bubbles rising and I follow them. My brain feels like it's being crushed and my arms are moving, but I don't seem to be getting closer to the surface. It's like I'm swimming through glue. Sam's legs are kicking above my head, and I keep driving my hands up through the water. My pants feel like they're about to fall off, and I lose a shoe. Sam's feet slow, and I fear the worst. Her little lungs are probably already filled with water. I swim as hard as I can, and suddenly, the cold air hits my face. I gulp air and feel tiny electric tingles ripple through my body. It's freezing. The wind carves through us, and we see people looking down from the bridge. They're yelling something, but I can't hear anything. My ears are clogged with water, and Sam's teeth are chattering so loudly it sounds like they might crack. 
The bank is only 20 yards away. Come on, I say. We swim and drag our sopping bodies onto the dirt and rocks. Sam pukes out a bunch of water and collapses. I rest my hand on her back and tell her it's okay, even though it's not. I can't even look back at the bay, at the dark water. The sirens come rushing in from above. Two medics wrap us in blankets. There's a helicopter. A diver jumps out feet first into the icy water. A medic says, let's get you an ambulance. He checks Sam's heartbeat, then mine. Sam's fingers look blue. They rush us to the hospital. I don't know how long we're in the ER, but it feels like months. Our neighbors, the Andersons, show up. They live across the street. Mom and Dad play cards with them on the weekends. They keep petting my hair and telling us how lucky we are. It's about the stupidest thing I've ever heard. The doctor says we can go home, but we go to the Andersons. Sam gets the spare room. I'm on the couch. I don't sleep. I stare at the ceiling thinking about Mom and Dad, their pale faces underwater. I know I didn't have a choice. That's what everyone kept telling me. Everyone said there was no way Mom would ever allow another one of her kids to be lost. During the next couple of days, people talk and I guess I respond, but I can't grasp any of the conversations. Mrs. Anderson makes us pancakes for breakfast every morning, but I can't eat. Sam rolls them up into little tubes and shoves them in her mouth with her dirty finger just to piss off Mrs. Anderson, who only offers a sad smile before finding an excuse to leave the room. Mr. Anderson just sold the house, and they're moving to California to be near their daughter, who just graduated from college. They're ready for an early retirement. It's clear they want us gone. Next thing I know is the funeral. The cemetery is kind of pretty until I think about the fact we're walking over a thousand corpses. I'm wearing Tim's old suit. It's hanging off me. Sam refused to put on the dress Mrs. Anderson picked out for her. She's in her overalls stained with paint and insect guts. Our grandparents have arrived, and it's obvious they wish they'd seen Sam's outfit before the cemetery. They're looking at her like she should be locked in a cage. I haven't seen my grandparents in years, but they don't look like they've aged. They're still wrinkly, but there's a fire burning in their eyes. They live on a mountain in West Virginia, and they rarely leave. Mom said Grandpa Joe used to be a scientist for the Army. Chemical weapons, she said. His face is so hard and it's tough to look at him without feeling weak. Even my dad was afraid of him. My dad would say, yes, sir, and no, sir, like a kid afraid of getting whipped. Dad never wanted to send Tim to live with them, but Mom couldn't take it anymore. The screaming, the sleepless nights. She was always afraid to get the final call from the cops or the hospital. Someone telling her that Tim was dead. When the call actually came, she didn't even cry. It was almost like she'd imagined it so many times there wasn't any punch left. The preacher is reading from the Bible. Grandpa Joe stares at the caskets. He's still got that military haircut in the posture of a statue. Grandma Barb wipes her face with her hanky, but I haven't seen a single tear fall. Tim's headstone is next to the coffins. Dad bought the plots after Tim died. There are two more spaces for Sam and me. If we'd stayed in the minivan, we'd be in the ground too. The preacher invites us to line up and drop dirt into the graves. I guess he thinks if we help bury them as a group, they'll somehow make this easier. But it just seems weird and gross. Sam pockets her dirt and tosses one of her shrinky dinks onto Mom's coffin. It's a four-leaf clover she made in our oven. 
Mr. Anderson stands up and says, everyone, thank you for coming. You're more than welcome to come back to our house for food. I don't recognize most of the people here. Some must have worked with dad at the racer factory. He was a supervisor and he used to bring home the racers from the office. There were bags of them all over the house. I remember a big novelty pencil, which had bold letters on the side that read, Alto Erasers, word number two. Sam used to sell the erasers to kids in her class. She made almost 30 bucks last year and bought a bow and arrow, which mom immediately confiscated. Sam and I ride back in the limo with the Andersons. My sister won't look at me. We've hardly spoken since the accident. I know she hates me for making us abandon our parents. The guests are shoveling food into their mouths at the reception, or whatever this is. I've had to shake everyone's hand and tell them thanks for coming. Mr. Anderson told me it was just the right thing to do, but I'm not thankful. I wish it was just the people we know, and I'm sick of hearing how everything happens for a reason. My grandparents sit in the corner avoiding these people, almost as well as Sam, who went upstairs to use the bathroom an hour ago and hasn't come back. Grandpa Joe is suddenly standing next to me. He smells like a fireplace. Where's your sister? Upstairs, I think. Grandpa Joe looks up, and I know he's thinking about going to get her. Something doesn't feel right. I, wanna, I don't want to leave Sam alone with him, so I tell him I'll check on her. He grabs my arm, his thumb digging into my flesh, almost pressing to the bone. Don't dwaddle, boy. Your grandmother and I are ready to leave. I tell him I'll hurry. I'm just glad they're leaving. Being in the same room with him reminds me of Tim, and I'm already filled with enough grief. I'm almost scared to breathe, like if I inhale a little too deep, my lungs will pop. The upstairs bathroom is empty, so I peek inside the guest room. The window's open and the curtains are blowing, and I know Sam's made a run for it. I hurry over, prepare to see her little body broken on the ground, but there's nothing. Something shuffling above, so I lean out, look up, and see Sam's sneakers dangling over the roof. What are you doing, Sam? Get down from there. No, I won't. Yes, you will. No, I'm not going. Come on, you just have to say goodbye to Grandma and Grandpa. Nuh-uh, they're taking us with them. What are you talking about? That's where we're going. Mrs. Anderson says they have custody. She already packed our bags. No, let's, let, let me talk to them. They say we don't have a choice, but I ain't budging. I'll stay up here until they have heart attacks. They're already old. Shouldn't be long. My father used to say a mule would roll his eyes at Sam. Just climb back down so we can talk about this. No, you're being a pain. Oh, get down here. Sam just kicks her feet so little paint flecks come raining down on me. Damn it, Sam. Just leave me alone. If you don't come down, Grandpa Joe's going to come up. If he sees you like this, there's no way in the world he's going to let us stay. We need to at least pretend you're normal. Sam keeps kicking her feet, so I duck back in. I look at the door waiting for Grandpa Joe to burst in. But the only person who enters is Sam through the window. She says, I ain't coming for you and your stupid plan. I'm sneaking out back and making a run for it. Run for... Where would you go? I've got $100. We can go anywhere. Hop a train or something. I'm not hopping a train, weirdo. You're the weirdo. Fighting with my sister is like trying to put out fire with spit. I tell her to follow me and shut her mouth, but she won't budge. Her anger is turning her face all red, especially the birthmark on her forehead, which looks like it might burst. Fine, stay here. I'll just tell Grandpa Joe. I start walking and Sam grabs my arm. Please, David. Her, her eyes are filled with tears. I don't want to go. They're not nice and they aren't going to let us stay here. We're going to end up just like Tim. 
Don't say that. They'll listen to us. I'm going to be a junior this year, and you're finishing up middle school. We have friends, stuff going on. I'm trying to believe that I can convince them. But the truth is, I don't have much faith. Grandpa Joe never backs down. Mom used to say it's what made him great in the Army. I start thinking maybe we should just run for it. All right, what do we do? Two choices. Take off with Sam or convince Grandpa Joe to let us stay. What do you think you're going to do? Are you going to kill him again? Please don't. All right, but stick around for next week, and I will do the death scene and the next chapter. Hope you guys are enjoying this, and I will talk to you later. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.